I would say if the authorities didn't want us involved in the public square, they ought not to have crucified Jesus in the public square. Use humanistic principles. Well, I would say the Dan, same idea. Yeah, I would say same that. End. I would say, what's the problem with stardust bumping into stardust? In the in the cosmic picture, no, there's no problem. In the okay. cosmic picture, it won't matter. No, Mr. President, you are not protecting reproductive freedom. You are authorizing the destruction of freedom for one million little human beings every year. I'm sorry, my friends, but I am tired of seeing Jesus presented as a weak beggar. He is a powerful Savior, and the Gospel is not a suggestion, it is a command. Reverend Mola, don't you sympathize with that? I sympathize with every single human heart wishing to know the one true and living God, but I believe there's only one way that that can happen through Jesus Christ, and the Gospel is about repenting of sin, not celebrating it. of an amazing adventure. We will explore the spiritual abyss. You have not experienced this before. You're gonna love it. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation shall worship before you. Hold on, it's not done. Not done. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. What's up, guys? Welcome to Apologia Radio. This is Apologia Studios, apologiastudios.com, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A studios.com. That's where you guys get more. There are like, I don't know, 300-something radio and podcast episodes. You can go check all those out. You can also... Partner with us in this ministry, sign up for all access, and when you do, you make everything that we do a possibility. You guys have been with us, some of you guys, for many, many years, and we are grateful, grateful, grateful for you and all that you guys do to partner with us and be a part of this ministry with us. But when you sign up for all access, you also get the TV shows, the after shows, and Apology Academy. Much, much, much more is coming to that this year. Let me just say this. We have a very special class scheduled for... February 7th? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah. Dr. White will be doing Apology Academy February 7th. We're going to drop that into the academy for you guys. That is going to be an amazing academy. We're going to teach mm-hmm. you, Dr. White's going to teach you, how do you respond to the common objections, the slander of God, ultimately, with those today who would reject the inerrancy of Scripture, the inspiration of Scripture, who try to say things like the Bible contradicts itself, uh, there's contradictions through the synoptics. Dr. White's going to teach you about things like telescoping. I never heard that until what? about two days ago. Is that like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Benefit of having Dr. White your church. Dr. Hey, so do you guys, you know this is just passage of telescoping, right? Right. Oh, yeah, actually, I, I knew exactly yes, yes. that that was happening. And I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. So that is going to be an academy. Lots more stuff coming this year to Apology Academy. So you guys can get all that at ApologiaStudios.com. A big thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you guys who have been a part of this with us for so long. You're part of the All Access with us. You give $9.95 a month. Believe me, yes, it means something. And yes, it mm-hmm. goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything you see we're doing through Apologia Studios, Apologia TV, around the world, 
It is made possible by you. You're doing it with us. So thank you very, very much for that. I am Pastor Jeff. They call me the ninja because I am. And that is Pastor Luke. Also the Kung Fu Master. That's and right. hi. And I like <laughs> this bear. Beat. Yes, I like this beat. This is good. You like it? I like it. And I wish that someone would contact Al Gore and have him fix this global warming issue we have. <laughs> what in, is with Phoenix being colder than Anchorage, Alaska? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me, and I don't like it. I moved yeah, here to get away from all that cold. Know, these ice caps are. are melting. Ice on the windshield. That's you know, right. It's real. I got a funny story about that, actually. You want to introduce Zach? Yeah, this, this is Zach no, Attack right I here. I don't matter. It's whatever. <laughs> Director of Communications with End Abortion. Now we also have on the ones and twos right now. We have Carmen, Mr. Carmen, Sassafras. Yes. <laughs> How many nicknames does Carmen they, get? They're unending. Yeah, Carmen, the sassy one. They just yeah. keep going the on sassy. and on. And then we the have one of Isaac Benegas, who is now back. Woo. And he is back from New Mexico. He is on board right now with Apologia Church, ministering to the children, working here at Apologia Studios. So welcome back, Isaac. Very exciting show we have planned for you guys. For those of you guys who are in the comments right now, Hello, welcome to the live stream. Just know that if you get nasty or trollish in a live stream, there already is someone about fingers, Dr. White. The fingers are on the ready, and this is what's really amazing. And I want you to understand this. This I want to communicate this to you so you understand how this works. YouTube has an amazing feature yeah. where they actually give us the ability to put you in a permanent timeout where you'll keep typing, thinking that people are seeing your drivel. And what actually is happening is you're blocked and nobody sees you. But here's the thing. You won't know that you're blocked. I love that. So you'll just oh. keep typing away and trolling and doing what trolls do, sinning in the comments and the feed. And what will happen is, is you'll be talking to yourself. That's a brilliant feature. I love it. Did and you just so, bump somebody? No, I'm just letting oh, you know. Someone I'm, in there needs to be bumped. I'm just letting you know. So, um, I, welcome to the live stream. Here's the thing, if you're a Christian, behave in a godly way and in a godly manner, and you'll be fine. We'll leave you in there. Even if you disagree with us, that's fine. We'll leave you in Unless there. Unless you're a flat earther, then yeah. you're just... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. an automatic easier. Somebody asked the question. I'll just say it quickly. How are you doing, Jeff? Hey, thank you so much for asking. Um, God has been really gracious, and he's blessed in a tremendous way. And I'm back on my feet again. My mind is working well. Um, Praise God. Had a, had a seizure, a medically uh, confirmed seizure, as in tested right. yeah. with a medically confirmed scientific, uh, scientific evidence. Yeah. Hey, there's chemicals in your body and brain that show that you had a seizure. So uh, contrary, to the, contrary to the IFB cult, which is exactly what the IFB is, the new IFB, um, I did not, uh, I was not demonically possessed. You know what's silly? I saw this comment. Somebody said uh, something to the effect of like, if you can't say Jesus is Lord twice without having a demonic uh, seizure, then then what do they say? You have to be able to say Jesus is Lord twice. Um, if you're if you're filled with a demon, you can't say that without having a seizure. So ready? Jesus is Lord. What? Jesus twice. is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Oh. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. It just goes to show you how utterly foolish and just purely stupid. Superstitious. Superstitious. Yes, some of these people Definitely are. Definitely not biblical. And um, why twice? Also, what a highly offensive thing to say. What about all the Christian parents? that have children uh, who struggle with seizure disorders uh, and they have like 15 a day. Yeah. Are, are you are you actually thinking about the sorts of insane and asinine things that you're saying that all of these children of Christians and even Christian parents that have seizure disorders that they're all demonically possessed? But they're not wearing thumb rings. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, Seriously, what are the implications? And what are the implications? You just don't think about it. And all these these quote unquote sermons being preached by these pastors in this new modern day cult, they're being preached across a pulpit to people who probably struggle with seizure disorders or even taking medication for seizure disorders. So anyway, welcome back, and I'm back on my feet, and um, I assure you that won't be a good thing for the IFB, the new IFB. Um, so uh, let's let's talk. Let's. Hi, hello. Let's welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, let's see here. We have a lot to do today. We are going to introduce you guys to a very proud murderer. Uh, this mm. proud murderer. We are going to spend some time working through her comments. She actually sits down with some children to brag about and argue for the murder of her own child. So we have all the content. It's about eight minute long uh, segment there. We're going to work through it. We're going to refute the argumentation <clears throat> with the word of God and with sound reason. Amen. So that's what's up, guys, for this episode. But before we actually get to that, we do want we do want to spend some time talking about a very, very important thing. Um, and I'm actually going to let Pastor Luke, I'll let you go ahead and get us into this. Right on. Well, we have a special guest who's actually been on this whole 10 minutes, um, and his name is Bradley Pierce, which I'll introduce Bradley here, and you can say hi in a second. Uh, Bradley is a constitutional lawyer in Texas, Yeah. and I won't give, give away your whereabouts, so no one will come and hunt you down, um, but he's <laughs> awesome, and he's been uh, working on a lot of these bills across the nation trying to end abortion. We recently had a really great time, myself and... Zach and Pastor yeah. Zach had a really great time with him and some other guys brainstorming for this next year. Mm-hmm. And so they are in the process of introducing the bill in Texas um, to to end abortion. And I will let you, Bradley, say hello and talk about the bill. Hello. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's great to be with you all uh, again. And, uh, yeah, we do have a bill coming up here. It's expected to be filed in the next. Uh, very soon, the, the legislation legislature starts next Tuesday, so we expect the bill to be filed very quickly thereafter, and uh, just completely outlaws abortion. And that's what Amen. that's what we think needs to happen. We need to ignore Roe is the term that we use, and follow the Constitution and do what's right uh, by God, and uh, and outlaw abortion. So we have a bill that's going to be doing that here in Texas. It's the second time being filed. And uh, there's a lot of momentum here, and we look forward to building on that. Right on. Bradley, you mentioned real fast, you mentioned a a bill that completely abolishes abortion. That is a very, very different um, perspective and pursuit of much of the pro-life movement. We have a lot of new listeners and friends uh, that are with us on Apologia Studios channel. Can you please, uh, Bradley, bring us into that discussion before we get into the other thing? Can you just tell us why a bill that abolishes or ends and criminalizes abortion over against the incremental pursuit that the pro-life movement often um, uh, pursues? What is the the distinction between what you're saying and we're saying and the the typical MO of the pro-life movement? Why things like ignore Roe? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, definitely. So since 1973, the Supreme Court's opinion in Roe versus Wade, the states at that time have uh, consented to Roe versus Wade and gone along with it, capitulated to it, mm-hmm. and and said that it's okay. Well, the, the Supreme Court said so. I guess we have to allow baby murder here in our state because uh, you know the Supreme Court is the last word on what the Constitution means. Is what people have have generally you know been led to believe. Um, but 
and so so the approach of the pro-life movement, as we said at a political level, has been, well, since Roe versus Wade is there and we can't completely outlaw abortion because the Supreme Court says that we can't, then I guess we just need to kind of chip away at the edges and and maybe pass bills that ask the Supreme Court, hey, can we regulate abortion in this way or can we regulate abortion in this way? And, you know, over the years there's been, you know, dozens of Supreme Court cases on the issue of abortion where the Supreme Court has said, yeah, you can kind of do these little tiny, you know, regulations over here, but you can't really do anything that is going to stop abortion. Um, and so the, along with that, the pro-life movement has said, okay, well then we need to get overturned, Roe Ro versus Wade overturned by getting Republican presidents who are pro-life to appoint Republican pro-life justices to the court. And the, the bottom line is that hasn't worked for the last 46 years. So what should have happened in 1973 is that the states should have responded to Roe versus Wade by saying no. You know, Roe versus Wade is unconstitutional. It violates the Constitution. Right. Uh, states, you know, this is a power of the states to re mm -hmm. to outlaw murder. It's not a power of the federal government to say that we can't. There's certainly not a right in the Constitution to abortion that's nowhere in there. Right. And so the what states should have done is said no to that. Because we have not said no for the last 46 years, we've legitimized Roe versus Wade. And now every single bill that just tries to regulate abortion actually just further deepens the foundation of Roe versus Wade. And so we need to stop doing that. We need to stop legitimizing Roe versus Wade. We need to, as we put it, ignore Roe mm -hmm. because we say ignore because it's not law. Right. right? The Constitution is the law of the land. And Whatever violates the Constitution is not the law of the land, and that's Roe versus Wade. So we need to just follow the Constitution and outlaw abortion, and that's thankfully what we have a bill doing here in Texas. Right on, brother. Yeah. So it's great because I think we all need to recognize how our system of government works. Thank God for the Christian worldview that helped to develop yep. uh, much of what we have experienced as blessings in this country in terms of the area of law. Um, but our Constitution is very, very clear. The Supreme Court does not legislate. They cannot create legislation. It is the Congress that's given that power, not the Supreme Court of the United States of America. So a court opinion we can reject just as easily as the states today are rejecting, say, the, the federal government in the area of marijuana. Uh, those states are flexing their sovereignty. They're uh, focusing on the, uh, their, in their perspective, the needs of their citizens over against what the federal government says. And uh, that's over marijuana. And there's mm -hmm. just, uh, uh, interestingly, a lot of bravery with those who want to toke. Um, yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of bravery. And uh, we need to have the same kind of uh, backbone and bravery when it comes to the protection of these innocent uh, human beings in the womb. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Pastor Luke. So, um, well, we're going to play a video here in a second, uh, Carmen, if you want to get that teed up. Um, so this this bill is, is, is especially special to all of us. Mm -hmm. um, and many of you know, you've seen us um, talk about Rusty Thomas. Um, back a few months ago, we actually had Jeremiah Thomas on yeah. the radio program um, who was battling cancer. He's now uh, since passed and is with the Lord. But um, this video or this uh, bill is, is named after him. Um, so we're going to go ahead and play the video here now to talk about it, and then I'll let Bradley, you can talk some more about it if you want for that. So go ahead, Carmen. After football season, Jeremiah had trouble sleeping, and he couldn't get comfortable because he had this pain in his chest. Carmen, how are we doing? 
We took him in thinking the doctors would tell us that he just had a minor sports injury. But that's not what happened. Our healthy, athletic 16-year-old son had cancer and was given only a 10% we chance of surviving. Doctors would tell us that he just had a minor sports injury. But that's not. The tumor grew what rapidly, putting Our pressure healthy, on his lungs. Our healthy, athletic 16-year-old son around his had spine, cancer. Slowly crushing. And was given only a 10% percent When his legs gave out, we rushed to the hospital. We didn't know if he'd ever walk again. But Jeremiah was a fighter. When he became paralyzed, he actually said, "I could still preach from my wheelchair." Jeremiah wanted his life to count for others. So he made a wish. Instead of wishing something for himself, he requested to speak with Governor Abbott of Texas to grant his dying wish. When the governor called, Jeremiah told him about how, before his cancer, he used to go out and minister at the local abortion clinic with our family. Then Jeremiah made his wish. I think that we could rally with Texas and we could end abortion here and now, because. Um, uh, I would, at least for me, just make my wish complete before I pass. Your wish uh, is on the Republican Party platform position. And that's what we're going to be pursu pursuing this uh, next legislative session. Uh, and that is an outlaw of abortion altogether in the state of Texas. Yes. Oh, and, okay. and, and so your, your wish is granted. Jeremiah will never see. Governor Abbott abolished abortion in Texas. He died before that wish came true. Now we are carrying on our son's legacy by asking you to do something simple yet powerful. Join Jeremiah's wish. Every year in the state of Texas, 55,000 preborn children are killed in places just like this where Jeremiah often ministered. We are calling on all Texans who love life to sign the petition urging Governor Abbott to make outlawing abortion an emergency item for Texas and let him know that you will stand with him in the fight to abolish abortion in this state. Well, this is not something Jeremiah saw during his lifetime. This is something we can do in our lifetime. Join Jeremiah's wish and sign the petition right now. Thank you for honoring Jeremiah and defending the pre-born children in the state of Texas. Please sign the petition to call upon Governor Abbott to keep his promise to our son and make abolishing abortion an emergency item this legislative session. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Everyone hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, we're trying, well, trying, we out, trying out some new technology here. there, guys. All right, so um, we are back. Uh, Bradley, bring us into the discussion of Jeremiah's wish. Yeah, so everybody sees there, you know, saw the video there. We kind of a little background on the video. Um, uh, you know, Jeremiah had... had been approached to make a wish and uh and he decided there were lots of things that he was thinking about making a wish about but at, as he was thinking about those things and we mentioned those to friends and family 
uh, they would just happen without you know him actually making any kind of formal wish. And then as he started to think about what he wanted his legacy to be, um, and and how he wanted his life, what he wanted it to be about, as he was passing, um, he decided to make a really big wish, and that you saw there on the video. Um, and Governor Abbott very graciously uh, reached out to him and talked to him for about 20 minutes, and uh, and their conversation then came to a close there as Jeremiah made the wish uh, that he made there. And it's and the governor's response is pretty amazing. You know, as you just heard, he said that that's what we're going to be pursuing this next legislative session, mm. and that is to outlaw abortion altogether in the state of Texas. And so your wish is granted. Oh. Uh, and that's amazing. That mm-hmm. is amazing. amazing. Um, so that is what we are. Uh, the, the legislative session, as I mentioned earlier, is, is now starting on Tuesday. We're five days away from it starting. And so the opportunity for him to follow through and fulfill make good on that the, uh, that's right the promise that he's made yeah, is, is now here and now it's up to us to join jeremiah's wish right it's not just a wish of one young man one brave young man it needs to be all of our wish that's and right so that's what um that's what that's why we've made this video to get this message out there to let people know about this and we want people here in texas uh, to sign the petition that you saw there jeremiahswish.com but uh, not just uh, people here in Texas, but even across the country to go and sign that petition and let Governor Abbott know that uh, we're going to stand with you. You know, that's a lot of people, you know, they say, well, why don't our politicians have courage to do what's right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can definitely give politicians a hard time for not doing what's right and not having a backbone on things. Uh, but you know what? It's up to us to give them courage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to have it themselves, but they also need to know that people are standing behind them. Yep. And that's what this petition is, is doing, is letting Governor Abbott know, uh, hey, you need to fulfill the promise that you made, and we're going to be with you. We're standing with you. Yes. And so that's what we're asking for people to do, to sign this petition, give the governor courage, give the state of Texas courage, give our leaders courage. Uh, to do what's right and end abortion here for Jeremiah, but more importantly, even than for him, for the 55,000 children that are that are slated yes. to die here in this state, yes. for the nearly a million in the, in the country, and most importantly, for the sake of the image of God. Mm-hmm. That's right. Amen. Very good. Yeah. All right, Bradley, so how can um, people get behind you, help with what you're doing? How can we, right now, you know, about 200 people just watching live uh, here, but uh, many, many more are going to see this and, and, and download it. How can we all partner together with you to help you get this seen by more people? How can we let more people know about this? And how can we all participate together with you? Well, the first thing everybody can do is go sign a petition yourself. Um, that way, um, you know, you're, you're in the list, you're getting our emails, we'll let you know what, what to do next. Uh, the next thing is we certainly would love for people who are able to donate. Um, you know, every, you know, the money that people give lets us reach more people with this, with this message and get more names added to the list of signatures that we're going to deliver to Governor Abbott. And here's what we're asking Governor Abbott to do, just give everybody a little bit more detail. So the first 60 days of the legislative session here in Texas, the only things that can be voted on generally by the leg- legislature are things that the governor has named as and declared to be emergency items for the state. Mm. Well, 
if there's ever an emergency item, this is this. Yes. And yeah. so we are asking Governor yeah. Abbott to name this to be, declare this to be an emergency item, outlawing abortion to be an emergency item for Texas. Um, and so that's what we're asking folks to do. So for people to sign the petition is great. Donating is great. Our, our window for doing this is really, really short. And that's why it's just so important people do this right now. Yeah. So typically the governor declares these in his state of the state address, which is done at the normally at the end of January okay. or at the beginning of February. Well, that's, I mean, we're there. That's right. this month. And so we need people to act now, um, and we need to get this message out to tens of thousands right now. And there's already been thousands that have signed this petition, mm-hmm. and we've it's only been going for a few days. And so we just expect that number to grow exponentially. And if folks donate, it just helps us to reach even more. The next thing that people can do is to share this. Obviously, share it with your friends and family, email it around, share it on social media. Um, You you know, you can go watch the video. Uh, You can, it's on Facebook, it's all over Facebook. Uh, You can sign the petition at jeremiahswish.com. The video is also at jeremiahswish.org. But also, we're asking people, we're asking two things kind of over and above normal sharing. And that is number one, show it to your church. If you can organize something with your church and have it shown to all the folks there at your church, we're asking people specifically, there's Sunday, January 20th, is often referred to as Sanctity of Life Sunday, and because it's two days before the anniversary, anniversary of Roe versus Wade. So we're asking folks to show this video on Sanctity of Life Sunday, January 20th, and then at the end of the video, ask folks in your church, hey, take out your smartphones, Go to jeremiahswish.com and sign this petition right now. And we think that there are going to be yeah, great idea. churches all across Texas and all across the country that are going to be doing that awesome. that day. And so that, we think that's going to be really powerful. The other thing we're asking folks to do, especially who are younger and of Jeremiah's generation, is to go make your, your own videos. know you're joining Jeremiah's Promise. But then also, if you live outside of Texas, challenge your own governor to make the same kind of promise yep. that Governor Abbott here has made. And, uh, and then challenge some friends to make their own videos. And if, if folks want to go outside of abortion mills and make these videos, I think it just, just makes it that much more powerful um, for young people to be standing up and saying, hey, I am inspired by Jeremiah, and I'm going to pick up the baton from Jeremiah, and I'm joining Jeremiah's wish. Um, so that's something that we're specifically asking folks to do as well. Amen. Mm. Right on. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent, brother. Hey, so uh, the important thing here, I think, for all of us to consider is this, is that everybody who names the name of Christ <clears throat> ought to be opposed to the murder of the preborn. Yes. Mm. And I think that those of you guys that know Jesus, have trusted in him, recognize what his word and his law says about this sort of thing. And I think all of us will see something like this or hear about Jeremiah's wish and say, oh, that's great. Praise God. Some people will say, I'm so against abortion, I, I condemn it, it's murder, I want, to, I want our nation to end this thing. And what will often happen, because I, and by the way, I'm, this, is, this was me, this yeah. was me over a decade ago. Sure. You say, I hate this, I'm preaching against it, I'm at the coffee shop with my friends talking about how awful the state of things are and how awful abortion is. But we won't actually take the step, the necessary step to actually suffer for the sake of righteousness to actually um, cease to do evil and to correct oppression among us for Mm -hmm. the fatherless. Read Isaiah chapters 1 and 2. 
Isaiah chapters 1 and 2. So what I want to say is I want to challenge you as a brother in, in the Lord. I want to challenge you to go beyond the profession of the hatred of abortion and partner together with us to actually once and for all end this scourge on our world. And the way to do that is actually in moments like this, recognize the power of social media. Mm -hmm. Recognize the power of the public square right in front of you on your screen here. Recognize it and then begin to preach. Yeah. begin to use it. I'm saying yes, when you share things like Jeremiah's wish, yes, you will probably endure some persecution for that. That might actually create conversations, gospel-laced conversations on this issue. And I know that it's a big risk. I know that it's a big step. But let me tell you, uh, when you consider what the Word of God tells us to do, what it's, we're supposed to be like in term, terms of laying our lives down for others, serving others, loving neighbor like we love ourselves, and um, when you think about the plight of the preborn, um, it makes only it only makes perfect sense as the people of God that we would actually give ourselves up for this. Yeah. Uh, and when you hold one of these babies in your arms, let me tell you, it'll change you forever. It really will. Hold yes, a baby sir. that's been saved who is seconds away from slaughter at a abortion mill. Hold them in your arms, and you'll be done. You'll be changed for good. I assure you of that. And with that, um, you have something else you want to say? No, that was all. I mean, Nothing else? Just what a testimony yeah. that that young man left behind. What he did is the opposite of what happens in abortion. Abortion says, you lay down your life for me. But Jeremiah in, you know, passing on, saying, this is my legacy, this is what I want to leave, laying down my desires, my wants for these children. Mm. You know, it's the world despises motherhood despises children because it's a portrait of the gospel mm. and the gospel is about laying your life down for the other mm. and that's why the world hates those things because they don't comport with selfishness and you know jesus says love your neighbor as you love yourself because the easy thing is to love yourself yes not to love your neighbor and so god bless jeremiah and what he's done to lay a blueprint especially for young people to follow in mm. yeah Bradley Pierce, one more time, the website people can go to to get connected. Jeremiah'swish.com. Jeremiah'swish.com. Bradley, thank you, man, for Thanks, so brother. much for spending your time with Love us. Love you, today. man. Thank y'all. Love y'all, too. All right. God bless you, brother. All right, everybody. So, Bradley Pierce, you know what to do, guys. Jeremiah'swish.com. That's where you guys go to get connected. If you're in Texas, what's up, Texans? Where's that, where's that Texas spirit? Where's that strong courage, that fight from the Texans? Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> no, don't mess with right Texas. Now. So live up to it, guys, and uh, get involved. Partner, you may be fearful saying, well, I don't know if these guys you know, will really care that I'm involved or let me be a part of much. Trust me, they need you. They want you. Get connected. And uh, so let's, let's get into it, right? Let's, so speaking yeah. of... <clears throat> speaking of... <clears throat> Uh, proud murderers. Um, there was a video dropped before Christmas. Before? Around that, maybe after. I think it was. I think it was after, after Christmas. Yeah, might have been. Yeah, I yeah. saw it and I thought instantly we have to talk about this. No question about this. So if you've been uh, tracking with the culture, you know that we are in a death spiral. You know that we are living in the culture of death. Yeah, and uh, that has can be expressed a number of different ways. Uh, and I believe with all my heart what the Bible says from cover to cover about the kingdom of Jesus and his victory in the world. And I know that this is momentary. I know it's a light affliction. I know that uh, 
that Jesus is reigning now and he will have victory. I know from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible says things like Genesis 49:10 that Shiloh is coming and to him shall be the obedience of the nations. I know yep. that Psalm chapter 2 says, from the Father to the Son, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance, the very ends of the earth for your possession. And he warns the kings of the earth to obey the Son or they're going to perish. I know that the Bible teaches that he shall have dominion in Psalm 72, from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. I know that the Bible teaches in Psalm 110.1 that he is at the right hand of the Father, putting all of his enemies under his feet. And Paul interprets that in 1 Corinthians 15 to say that Jesus is reigning now, not later. He is reigning now on that throne, placing his enemies under his feet. And the very last enemy to be defeated is going to be death. So every enemy under the Messiah's feet, and then finally the resurrection. That's how the apostles saw it. And if you want to see the Apostle Paul's perspective in his systematic explanation of the gospel, you can see very clearly that he bookends the book of Romans in chapter 1 and chapter 16 with the statement that their purpose is to bring about the obedience of faith among the nations for his name's sake. So... Mm. That's what the Bible teaches in terms of biblical worldview. And Jesus told us to pray very specifically. He says this, you pray, Father, your name be holied everywhere. Hallowed be thy name is not just some interesting, pithy Christian statement to put on a t-shirt. Hallowed means holied. Let your name be holied where? Everywhere, yep. right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yep. So with that... If you, like us, are praying the Lord's Prayer on a regular basis or a semi-regular basis, I want to ask us all as believers, with me looking at myself as well, do I believe what I'm praying for? Mm. Or is it just hypocrisy? Mm. Am I just praying it because it's words on the page? Or am I praying it because that's what my Lord said? That's how he taught me to pray. That's what he wants me to think. This is what I should believe. This is how I should act in the world. Because if we believe what we're praying for in the Lord's Prayer, that his will would be done on earth mm -hmm. like it's done in heaven, then I think we'll live in a much different way. So with that, mm -hmm. how are you and I being consistent with the revelation of Jesus Christ, how he tells us to pray, and finally with the knowledge that he has the authority to do it? Mm -hmm. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If you were concerned because you were like, well, I know in heaven, but it doesn't look so much like here. Yeah. Well, let's go with the words of the Lord. He says, in heaven and on earth yeah. has been, past tense, 2,000 years ago, given to me. So it's there. He's got the authority to do what he says he's going to do, y'all. So what's next? Amen. Disciple the nations. Mm -hmm. Teach them to yeah. obey him. Okay, so let's disciple the United States of America, and let's teach people to obey Jesus. Let's disciple Texas, and let's teach people to obey Jesus. Let's disciple Oklahoma with the upcoming bill to to yeah. abolish and criminalize abortion with um, uh, jo with Joseph Silk. And let's actually work w together with him mm. to disciple Oklahoma and to teach them to obey. Let's do it in Arizona. Let's do it in every state. It's going to come with consequences. It's going to come with conflict. Preach the gospel and use words. <laughs> Amen to that. In every because realm. they're necessary. Because they are necessary. In every realm. Family, church, and government. That's right. Every realm. Self. Every realm. Starting with self. Starting self, with self. Family, church, government. All it's right, y'all. So, <laughs> so I, I know that I, I, I could have just jumped right into the thing with the refuting a proud murderer, but I don't want us to simply go, oh, isn't that terrible? Isn't that such foolishness? Isn't that just terribly wicked and evil? And, and yeah. then walk away from it. I, I want to do the refutation of a proud murderer 
this woman because I want, of course, us to join together as the people of God to fight against this evil, this great evil in our day, to know how to respond to it. Um, but I also want us to actually start responding yeah. in the public square. Yeah. So get on your feet, y'all. Yeah. Amen. Let's do let's, it. Let's do it. Okay. Sorry. No more I talking didn't know what about that face, it. Let's that just face go. Was. I just like that beat. I'll just let that beat around. I'll just let it play out. Okay. <laughs> but that beat, though. Nice job on the beat. Um, all right. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Here we go. So this Anywho. video is called Kids Meet Someone Who's Had an Abortion. Can kids, we set this up first? Yeah, just kids, so you know who it is. Hi Ho Kids, and this is uh, the channel on YouTube is called Hi Ho Kids. Way appropriate name for it, this this video. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna make a stupid joke. Go oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna refrain. Funny before serious? No, go ahead. Okay. This speaker, the the woman that's being interviewed, is the founder of Shout Your Abortion. Yep. Uh, her name is Amelia, and so her background was just that she put her abortion story out there and all of these women started to find solace in the murder of their children by doing the same. And Amelia so now, Nohart? Not quite. But... See what I mean there? <laughs> you'll catch it later. Yeah. Okay. Is it like a grenade? You'll, yeah. Grenade? Mm -hmm. You'll catch it later. Yeah. Wait, what's her last name again? Um, I think it... Bonow? B-O-N-O-W? Okay. All right. Yeah. So she started Shout Your Abortion I and then all it of thinks. these women started sending in their testimonies too about their abortions. So... That's who she is. I was just going to say, I wish that we could have her sit down and have this conversation with the kids from our church. Oh, amen, right? Because they would have slayed her. Oh, man. It would have gone very that differently been ugly. Yeah. her. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, you very conveniently picked uh, kids that would have answered the way you wanted them to answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And someone in general that just couldn't refute your argumentation. Yes. Go after the kids. That's right. So we're going to go into a very serious discussion now. All right, let's break into it. Now we're going to try to respond to some of the things she says. Uh, I encourage you all to share this episode uh, as much as possible so we can get the word out about these bootleg arguments and this awful, awful mm -hmm. corrupt worldview. And uh, let's put an end to it. So uh, just tell me when to stop, boys. Okay. We'll do. do you think that sometimes it's not okay to have an abortion? I want to say if, like, if you're being reckless... If there's nothing wrong going on, I don't know. I just don't <laughs> agree. Hmm? Even, even even that kid was surprised. Like, hmm. yeah, yeah, his face. That's interesting. Also... So you're you you feel that it's appropriate uh, behavior for a mother to to be reckless in her behavior, have a child uh, created within her. Uh, remember, of course, the truth about conception is that when the sperm and the egg meet. A unique life is created at that moment, and you, we all have to recognize that it's not just the Word of God that tells us, you know, I, I knit you together in your mother's womb, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, all that stuff. It's not just the Word of God that has John the Baptist leaping in the womb of his mm -hmm. mother when she's pregnant and Mary comes in with Jesus in her womb. It's, you know, the incarnation refutes abortion, period. God becoming a man, forming in the womb. Um, that which is conceived in you is from the Holy Spirit by the agency of the Holy Spirit of God. Um, it's, it's biological science that also disregards the bootleg arguments of the pro-aborts uh, for, for so long. Biological science testifies that when that sperm meets the egg, you have the DNA and biological makeup of you. Mm -hmm. The only distinction and difference between where you are at conception to where you are now is just a difference of degree. 
And we all flow in and out of those differences of degree our entire lives. And so what needs to be understood is that at the moment of conception, biological fact of science, empirical science cannot, will not ever be refuted. At the moment of conception, the DNA and the biological blueprint of you is all there at that moment. Mm. So you say, oh, but it's very small and not fully developed. Well, so are six-month-olds and one-year-olds and two-year-olds and 10-year-olds, trust me. Mm. Um, not fully developed. Um, and so to say that well, I, I can murder it because, you know, it's not fully developed or um, something to that effect, it's just, it's just uh, it displays the darkness of the heart present. Um, I, I think I can be reckless and have an abortion and everybody should be fine with that. Right. Was what she's saying. So um, what, what are we, we here to talk about today? today? <laughs> well, I had an abortion. Oh. Hmm. So what do you know or what have you heard about abortion? I don't exactly know what happens, but like you go and basically get rid of the baby. From inside you. Good answer. Good answer. I love yeah. that she said that. Yeah, good mm -hmm. answer. First thing that struck me was that here is this young child, and she's being asked by this proud um, woman over the murder of her own child. She's being asked, well, what, you know, what happens in abortion? Well, that's where you go in and a woman gets rid of her baby. Yeah. Yep. Her what? Yep. Her baby. And um, I, I do find it interesting that she skips immediately right over to the next girl and listen. But she does agree. Let, yeah, listen to this. What have you heard? That. Same thing. What have you heard? That. <laughs> that a woman's going in to get rid of her baby. Right. Because what's in the womb of a, of a pregnant woman is a baby. And every image bearer of God knows that. Every Amen. child knows that what's in the womb is a baby. And what a woman is doing when she has an abortion, she's going not to just rid herself of... Uh, of a mass a pregnancy yeah a pregnancy and uh that she's going to to get rid of her baby and uh, i i find it fascinating that those two children both just nailed it said it like it was well i even like the fact not that they just call the baby but the actual act the the wording they use you're getting rid of you know yeah any pro boards of it. yeah are going to use some flowery language you know but they're like no, you're just getting rid of something that you don't want. Mm -hmm. It's it's, and so I even like that language they use. Yes. Ever talked to somebody about abortion before? I actually wrote a paper in fifth grade about it. Wow. What yeah. was your paper about? Abortion is okay. Uh huh. And it also depends on like what's happening and why they got they got the abortion. So yeah. you think it's okay depending on the circumstances? Yes. Hmm. Why did she doesn't like that? <laughs> at all mm -hmm. hmm. right so murder is okay depending on the circumstances yeah but she she doesn't like it because he's giving room for <laughs> that this is still a moral problem right. I, I find it interesting that even this young man who um is is clearly unfortunately been indoctrinated by the culture that we live in i i i'd put a bet on the fact that he's public school um yeah maybe raised mm -hmm. and uh, he still it, sees some cutoff yes <laughs> he still recognizes that this is still a moral issue right. for, even for his perspective that you can have an abortion but he says you know certain circumstances she says oh so you think that there's some circumstances where it's not essentially and she didn't like that very much because murder is okay if you're a jew and you're starving and you're worthless it's okay yeah yeah the shout your abortion wants to be very proud about abortion shout your abortion no matter the circumstance no matter the situation it doesn't make a difference shout your abortion yep. be proud do you have an abortion a few years ago i got pregnant and I 
really didn't want to have a baby. A what? <gasps> what did she say? This is what is so compelling, right? Is there's no way to really talk about this without talking <laughs> intelligibly. about Intelligibly. Yeah. Like if you want to distill what the issue is. Mm -hmm. It's a baby. And, but they and, know that, but that's what we've been saying, but, right? They know that. But she and, goes on in the discussion, and when the terminology changes uh, to, they ask her, well, what happens in mm -hmm. an abortion? She says, they go in and they suck the pregnancy out. Yeah, her terminology shifts. Right. When the action of what actually takes place in there is talked about, it changes from a baby to a pregnancy. You have to. In, in order to justify it as an image bearer of God, in order to convince or delude other image bearers of God to adopt this sort of a mindset or worldview or practice, you have to change the language. Mm -hmm. Call it reproductive freedom. Call it um, Women's expelling health. a pregnancy. Women's massive tissue. Massive tissue. Or cells. fetus. Uh, fetus. Let's start speaking Latin. Product so, of conception. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll speak Latin. Uh, for those of you guys who are new, you know, fetus. This is a Latin word, and it means a small child or an offspring of a creature. And referring to human beings, it's a baby. So they'll yeah. change the word to fetus. Let's speak Latin so that we're not saying the word baby. Now, I, I just I, I think it's a powerful testimony here that, please pay attention to this, it's so important, that when the pro-choicers argue for the slaughter of the pre-born, when they get before judges, when they get before lawmakers in the legislature, they don't use words like, um, I didn't want a baby. I didn't want a baby. <laughs> right. They say things like, well, you know, there's incest and there's, there's rape right. and there's yeah. life of the mother. Now, mind you, um, these account for less than 2% of all mm. the abortions. So now let's do it. Now take the numbers that we know of and say, well, 60 million image bearers of God have been slaughtered since Roe versus Wade in the United States of America. That's 60 million children slaughtered by their mothers and their fathers. And we have 2% of those have been because of the reason of incest, life of the mother, and rape. So mm -hmm. less than 2% of the 60 million babies. Now that's how they argue when they put this before lawmakers, is they try to make it very emotional and say, well, this is really about the life of the mother, and it's really about, you know, what about incest situations? And what about the issues of, of rape? And, but when you have a woman here who is proud of her abortion, this proud murderer who is bragging about it and trying to get people to go along with her and starting in a whole hashtag movement, when she talks about it, she says, I got pregnant and I didn't want a baby. Yeah. There you go. Which is yeah. what we all understand. Right. Yeah. That's why you're killing your own mm -hmm. child because the truth is, is you don't want a baby. Yep. Now, I wanted to say this is very, very important. I'm a pastor and I want to see this woman come to Christ too. Yes. But I also want to confront the sin as sin and speak mm -hmm. the words of God and the truth. And I want to say to every single woman who is listening to this right now, who has this in her past, if you have turned to Christ and trusted in him, have your faith in him, your sins have been washed away. God does not count your sins against you again. There is therefore now no condemnation in, in you because Jesus received your condemnation. He took my sin and death and all my evil and wickedness upon himself on that tree and he was condemned in my place. And I have through faith and through faith alone his righteousness credited, imputed to me. I stand before the Father and you stand before the Father with Christ's perfect righteousness. It's a righteousness that comes from above, from mm -hmm. God through faith.
-hmm. in Jesus. And if you are in Jesus, you are not condemned. You are in Christ and you are made new. You are a new creation. And so now let's move forward together and let's end this now presently and in the future. And let's not look back at your sins and your condemnation because that was given to Jesus. Now let's work together by, listen, please hear me on this, ladies and men who have been involved in this. Please hear me. Let's get Let's get in front of this issue and confront it and yep. end it, but let's do it by telling the truth. Yeah. Because you have this in your past doesn't mean you should minimize the damage done. Yes. So, for example, a lot of women who have had this in their past have been lied to by the pro-life movement, and they've been told by the pro-life movement, no, miss, you're as much of a victim as your child. You're just as much a victim. You're just a victim. Now, the truth is, is if you come before Jesus making excuses for your sin like you were a victim, um, that's a problem. That's not a heart of repentance. You are not a victim. I am not a victim of my sin. When I was off in my drug and alcohol addiction uh, two decades ago, when I was in my drug and alcohol addiction, I was not a victim. I was a willing participant and sinner. I was not a victim. I'm guilty of that sin. All of our sin. We are guilty and we need to confess that to God and be broken, sackcloth and ashes, because Jesus saves sinners. And I want to say finally, he's a much better, better savior than you are a sinner. So mm. Preach a pastor. So here we go. Next, uh, let's go more. May I ask, what happened? Did he not wear a condom? Did the condom break? Was it pre-ejaculation? Such good questions, Vanessa. Vanessa. Um, More products of your public school there. Well, I wasn't wearing a condom. Have you ever had two options and one of them, like, seems easier at the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you could take a shortcut or you could go the long way It was the shortcut version. Mm. What did your partner think at the time? You know... So let's lay this down at the beginning because it's going to come up later, I believe. Um, This was not, from her perspective, even really an accident. It was a willing choice and decision that she made, and she got pregnant with a baby. She created a life within her with her partner. There was a life created within them through no fault of its own, this life, and she decided not to wear a condom. Now, the whole discussion, please, 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 the whole discussion about condoms and contraceptives is not what we're talking about right now. I'm talking about her experience and what she did and her worldview. She said, we didn't use a condom. Right. And because of that, this was not ultimately something that like someone did to her, Right. Unwillingly, yeah. she entered into this knowing the natural process of the human body. <laughs> like, oh, and, man, there's and, a baby now. Yeah. And what happens when thought. a man gets together, gets together with yeah. a woman? And for those of you guys that are listening with your children right now, I'll leave it there. I think we were both like bummed out that I got pregnant and he was just like supportive of what I wanted to do. Were you- Can I ask a question? What woman? What woman in her right mind, as an image bearer of God, experiences the grace and the glory and the gift and the blessing and the majesty of a baby within her, her own child, Mm. her child? And what woman says, we were both disappointed? Mm. You're a woman, an image bearer of God. Shame on you. Mm. Shame on you for denigrating the image of God and the whole glory of the creation experience. Like shame on you for being a woman who says that I actually created my baby. Yeah. It's mine. It's a part of me. This is my little girl. It's my little boy. And you go, oh, bummer. It. Bummer. What a bummer. You know, it's amazing because 
this is, and when I say this, please understand, I have to speak in two ways today. Please hear this. I have to speak as a minister of the gospel with boldness around the truth of God, and I have to also have a heart of compassion and mercy for sinners. But I have to tell the truth. And let me just say, what a disgrace. What a disgrace to where we are in this country and that we will say these sorts of things out loud, yeah. proudly. No I, have shame. A, I have a church of women. Some of them have wanted so desperately to get pregnant and they have shed tears on their pillow at nights, throughout the night, mm. just begging God, God, would you please give me the, the gift of my own child? And they just plead and beg. And the glorious thing is when God does it, it's like, yes, <laughs> right? And some people have spent thousands upon thousands of dollars yeah. on fertility treatments to get the, the ability to actually create life within them. And the moments when it happens, it is so glorious and amazing. And it's just this, this incredible worshipful experience. And here's a woman who proudly in our culture in our day today says out loud, I was given the gift of my own child, my own little boy, a little girl. And I was so disappointed. It's, it's a, it's a deplorable yeah. place to be as a country. Yeah. It truly, truly is. Reckless at the time. Um, I mean, I don't, let me answer that for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> were you reckless at the time? Yes. Yes, you were reckless. And today, you are even more reckless. You've abandoned yourself, and you are so trying to stuff down the knowledge of God that you say to yourself here, you say, I don't want God in my knowledge. Yeah. I don't want to think about him ultimately and his standards and what he would have me do. You were not only reckless then, ma'am. You are very reckless now. <coughs> Anybody else? Please feel um, no, free to jump keep in. Going, okay. Keep going. It's going to get I wouldn't it. really yeah. say that I was being reckless. Mistakes happen. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just don't do that in the moment. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm glad. <laughs> okay, can I say something to that right mm -hmm. there? So you have her saying, oh, well, I'm glad that you don't know yeah. as a young person. I'm glad that you're shielded from that knowledge as if she's trying to protect the virtue and the beauty of sex yeah. when she's already disconnected it from its beauty and procreation. Right. She's painted sex as purely a recreational activity. And the only meaning that it has is the meaning that she gives to it. It doesn't have the predetermined meaning by God yes. that he's given to it. The right. biological reality, the, the glory of children, fatherhood, motherhood, all those things, it doesn't have that meaning. It only has the meaning that I give to this act and by which I've consented to. And I'd like to talk more about the worldview that kind of lies at the bottom of that as it goes on. Go but, ahead. Well, do you want to do it now or should we wait? I won't wait till she gets to the other comment because it's really critical. Okay, here, here we go, guys. When you have an abortion, what exactly do you do to like have the abortion? You go to the doctor and they put this little straw inside of your cervix and then inside of your uterus and then they just suck the pregnancy out suck the pregnancy out terminology change <clears throat> baby now it's a pregnancy mm -hmm. no consistency yeah so, so i didn't want to have a baby what happens when they take uh when you have an abortion will they take the baby out the woman gets rid of her baby here suck the pregnancy out right well let's talk about it from the perspective of the child that you're killing um of course yes there's one way of DNCs and things like that, where they go inside and uh, suck out uh, the baby. Um, but let's talk about what actually takes place. We're talking about the 
pulling off of arms and legs and heads. Uh, we're talking about decapitation. We're talking about uh, disemboweling a little girl in the womb. Uh, we're talking about a child many times when women have these abortions where the child feels every moment of it. We're talking about setting a child on fire in the womb by burning the child chemically. We're talking about uh, a graphic and gruesome death that um, uh, honestly should never be wished upon anybody under any circumstance. Yeah. It's amazing. We show more um, concern and we show a more uh, grief over the serial killer and rapist who receives capital punishment. And we don't even want, the, 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 one of the struggles they've had with capital punishment is people will say, because they'll have so much pity, God says don't pity the yeah. murderer. He says right. don't show to the judge, don't show any pity on the person who's murdered somebody. It's life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. It's equal justice. But we want to show so much pity to the, capital, to the murderer and to the rapist and serial killer today that we've actually had to have debates in and out about, oh, is this really a right way to actually end this person's life like you know do we want to have like a like you know firing squad oh that's kind of painful like what if they feel all of that how about a how about hanging hanging seemed like it was quick and easy well sometimes we really suffered that way we don't want to suffer that much and then we go oh, how about lethal injection and then there's a debate over lethal injection sometimes it goes wrong and the person feels like the entire five no. ten minutes of this and their suffocation goes on and we fight and we we worry and we're concerned and we show all of this respect for the person who has chosen to murder or mm -hmm. to rape or whatever another person and we fight and we go oh we just can't have a graphic death for this person when they're guilty of a crime god says they deserve to die for through the civil magistrates and in here we're talking about the kind of thing that happens to these children that we wouldn't wish on anybody right we don't want serial killers to get this kind of, this kind right. of death and that's what happens yeah we're not chemically burning or tearing murderers limb from limb right but we do, we do to these innocent yeah. children. And it's the mothers who go in to hand their child yeah. over to the abortionist to do this. Mm. And it was like a crappy dentist appointment or something. It was just like, ah, this is like a body thing that's kind of uncomfortable. But then it was over and I felt really just grateful that I wasn't <sighs> pregnant anymore. So callous. There it is again. Bummer and then grateful. Yeah. And and I like and what you're trying to point out Zach the most is that there's this change of language and terminology to coat over what's actually taking place or to redefine the experience in such a way it's not such a big deal for a mother to go in yeah, to sanitize it and to pay an assassin to tear her child into pieces. So her little her little, her little girl or little boy was slaughtered by a man that she paid or a yeah. woman that she paid, right? And the way she describes it, it was like, it was kind of an icky, like when I killed my child, it was kind of an icky, you know, uncomfortable body experience. It was like a bad dental appointment. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing way to sanitize the murder of a child. As a matter of fact, this is really interesting. Uh, there is, and by the way, just I want to warn you, okay? I'm, I'm telling you ahead of time. Um, there's a very interesting documentary on HBO. It's available on YouTube now, and it's um, the Confessions of the Iceman. He is a he was the mafia hitman. He was he's one of the most prolific serial killers in our history. He I believe I might be wrong on this, so forgive me. But I think he he has the most hits under his belt over anybody. Wow. I've heard numbers as high as like 300 something. He confesses to over 100, but I've heard numbers as high as 300 something. He has when you watch him when you watch him 
talking about all the different hits that he did, and he describes them in vivid detail, so I'm warning you ahead of time. It is very hard to listen to, but if you're interested in you know listening to how these people think and everything, um, I think it'll be interesting to you. Um, but when he talks about it, he talks about it in the same kind of callous way. Like, mm-hmm. it just, you know, it's really about him and what he experienced, his feelings. What a parallel to and, look at. Yeah, and there's yeah. really nothing well. about this person that I needed to respect. There's no dignity, no, no value there. He's talking one time about how he was just trying to figure out new ways to kill people, and he was interested in using a crossbow. He's like, I wonder if this would work. He's like, so, you know, I just grabbed one, and I, went and I found a guy in his car. I knocked on his window, pretended to ask him for directions, and then I shot him in the head. He's like, and I thought, oh, that works. Okay. And like he walks away from it. There's this callousness, this, this, this sort of like you have been given over That's to it. your sin by God. Yeah. If you as a woman can talk about killing your own daughter or son in this way, in this callous way, I would say Romans chapter 1, therefore God gave them mm-hmm. over yep. um, to do uh, what is against nature. Yes. Now, of course, that context is about homosexual sin, which is a wicked sin. It's sinful, evil, awful, and you need to turn from it and come to Jesus and be reconciled to God. Um, and there is grace and forgiveness and mercy for all sinners of any manner of sexual sin. But I think this is also an example of like what's against nature. Like it's, it, it is against yeah. the very natural thing that God has created and how he set the world up. Yeah, that's the comparison. Uh, that's you said it exactly. Romans one, even though that context is homosexuality. Yeah, it's what's against nature. What right. is a woman's natural function of her body according to what has, God has put within her that's to right. grow a life, to yeah. nurture a life, to care for a life? Yes. And so people ask all the time, do you think that the women really know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Romans one says that that's they know right. not only who God is, not only by what he's made, by what what he's made in them because our bodies are part of the created order. Mm -hmm. And so our bodies, everything around us screams and testifies to the glory of God, including ability to bear children. All of those things just shout, right? Just shout what she's suppressing. That's right. That's right. Here we go. I've gone into many an internet argument about it. Facebook, Instagram, just all the social media. That's the place where that goes down. It's so taboo to a lot of folks and Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Do you think that sometimes it's not okay? I don't know why this would be taboo to some folks, um, mothers uh, and fathers killing their children. To have an abortion? I want to say if, like, if you're being reckless, if there's nothing wrong going on. I don't know. I just don't agree. Do we want people to just have all those babies? No. We'll adopt them. Well, that's his answer. Well, listen to his answer. Yeah, let's get to that. So what do we do with them? Put them up for adoption. Hey, what there's an idea. Concept. What an amazing concept and idea. Let's, this child himself who says yes to abortion, but under certain circumstances, no. Would you really want to have all these kids? You yeah. really want to have all these kids? Well, put them up for adoption. Because you see what people ought not to do uh, as image bearers of God with dignity and value and purpose and meaning. What they ought not to ever do is to say, are we really supposed to have all these image bearers of God around here? We're supposed to have all these unique creations of God. Like, we really want to have them all around here. See, the image bearer of God who hasn't been turned over to their sin doesn't see the world that way. Mm. You know, it's it's an incredible thing. There are even pagan nations that would look at something like this as absolutely deplorable and disgusting in history that you would even have the thought of killing your own 
offspring, your own child. Now, of course, pagan nations have gone the other way, but you can see that image of God, you know, pouring out and shining through at times. And uh, just the, the uh, it just seems like such a simple answer to me. Yeah. You really want to have all these kids around? Well, adoption. Yeah. Right. You know, Shows adoption. Shows how she sees them. But again, yeah. we've talked about this a zillion times. You know, at the mill, we have told these women they're going into murder children. We will adopt your baby. Please don't murder your child. And, and you know, what's their response? Well, yeah. I can't have someone else have I, my child. I couldn't let somebody yep. raise my child. So that's what they mm-hmm. say to us. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. I feel like if I am forced to create life, okay. wrong. So here, here this, this, is is the, what, this is where the worldview comes Yeah, in. and this is where I, this is what I was saving for too. And we can talk about this, but like, this this comes down to the the fundamental issue with all this is these people want self-autonomy and she'll say that later they want self-autonomy they want to be god they right you know she thinks she has created life wrong yeah you've created a moment of lust and passion but you haven't created life you did not cause the sperm to swim to the egg and fertilize it you had a moment you did not create life. You do not get to decide right. to then remove that life from this earth. God is the creator of life. And that's, that's what the, the issue, issue is. It yeah. goes back to the garden. Yeah. yeah. Did God really say? It all goes back to that. Mm-hmm. Half yeah. God said. Yep. And I'll just say quickly, when she says, uh, if I'm forced to create a life, let me just play through this for fast, just for, and you can, you can yeah. comment. Mm-hmm. I have lost the right to my own life. If I'm forced to create a life, I've lost the right to my own life. And I'm going to say this to you, just this really, really important. Um, you haven't been forced to create a life. Right. As, and, you, as you evidenced at the beginning. Right. You, you understood that what happens when the man and a woman come together is they can create a human being when they come together. Like that, that, that whole process brings together a unique human being within the womb. You knew that. Now, you know, for example, she doesn't talk this way about digestion. Right? Like, if I'm going to be forced to digest food, I don't want to have to use the bathroom. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. You're not forced. It's, it, digestion is a natural process. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is you put food into your mouth and drink into your mouth, and then it goes into your body. And then there's a natural process as a consequence of that decision to eat that actually that you're not in control of the natural process. Like, when I, when I have a hamburger, which we're going to do very, very shortly. Hopefully. When I have a hamburger, <laughs> when I, have a hamburger I, don't, I don't go, like, all of a sudden start swallowing going... All right, now, like, you know, <laughs> digest, digest, like, make it work. Like, I'm not, like, Luke's not going, hey, I need to talk. Oh, he's digesting his food right now, and I'm going, hang on. Let me digest I'm, it. I'm yeah. working it through here. It's a right. natural process as a consequence of putting food into my mouth, and you knew that when you had sex with a man. And so you weren't forced to have a life no more than you are forced to digest food. It's a natural process as a result of the decisions that you made, and you know it. And when you say, well, if I'm forced to have a life, then I'm forfeiting my rights as a woman. No, that's not how mothers talk, right? Like this child, I need to kill it so that I can live my life. Do you know what you think about women? I'll give you an example, and and then I'll turn it over to you. Yesterday, I was watching a video that popped up in my feed, and it was a woman who was caught smoking um, uh, some, she was smoking the drugs. It was a, it was a, a straw and a, a foil, so probably meth or heroin. Uh, and she was like in a Walmart parking lot or something like that. And so she's, she was caught. Someone saw her, but she, they saw a child 
they saw a child in the back of the car, right? And they, and, and they said, oh, she's smoking drugs, and the child's in the back of the car. They called the cops. Cops show up, and this woman's trying to hide all the stuff, and she, they think she swallowed some stuff. And what's amazing is that when you look at the comments, this is amazing. When you look at the comments under a video like that, it just goes out. It's a natural inclination of image bearers of God to see a mother who's smoking drugs in front of her child, being destructive in that way. It is a natural human inclination and response, God-given, I would argue, to say that ought not to be that way. She cannot behave that way. You're the mother. Care for your child. How dare you act so reckless, yeah, reckless. in front of your child? And everybody, unanimously, you'll see through those threads, nobody will say, well, that mother has a right to her own life. She could do whatever she right. pleases. They go, no, you... Give up yourself for the child. And you give up what your desires are and your wants and your needs and all those things if it means it's for the sake of the child. The child comes first because that's what moms and dads do in a Christian worldview. Not in this essential atheistic perspective, yeah. of course, but this is not how mothers ought to speak. Yeah, and that worldview has been developed by our culture, oftentimes through osmosis. We don't even question it. What's come as a result of these statements that she's making, it's important for Christians to see, I think, that indicative of these kinds of statements and the statements of these children is there is a worldview at the bottom of this. And so the worldview that she's articulating, obviously we've talked about personhood before, mm -hmm. right? Where you have two-story view of reality. Mm -hmm. The essential self is the immaterial, and then the body is the lower story, less valuable. And so the body gets denigrated in that. And then when you apply that to abortion, you can get rid of a baby's body because it's not its true self. It's just the body. It's a baby, but it's not a human being, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that foundation. But more importantly, too, more specifically, what she's articulating is something that's called social contract theory. And that is this idea. Let me give you the modern expression yeah. so you understand it. Um, I, my womb is being invaded by a fetus. Mm. That's how it sounds in the modern expression. Mm -hmm. Where it comes from is the Enlightenment scientific revolution. What people started doing was starting to apply Newtonian physics and all of the, the scientific concepts to the status of relationships. So people said, I wonder what a world would look like in which uh, before religion, before tradition, before societal norms, before all these conventions, what would relationships have looked like with human beings? Well, they would have been just purely contractual. A, a human being couldn't enter a relationship with another human being unless they had their consent first. That's where this comes from. Mm -hmm. And then the modern day expression brought over is that in no Newtonian physics is essentially atheistic, like you said, where you have um, a universe, a cosmos with indifferent, unconnected atoms that are just banging into each other. Mm -hmm. Right? It's, it's atheistic, and it essentially is what it is. And so you have the, the contract view of the relationship that says, hey, I get to dictate the terms of this relationship. It's not pre-decided for me by God. It's not the covenantal status. It's mm -hmm. not the covenantal arrangement, which is what marriage is. And mm -hmm. as a result, you know, the product of that union children, mm -hmm. it's a contractual relationship. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't agree to this, if I don't agree to God's standards of life, the way he says things are and the functions of my body, this fetus is an invader in my womb mm -hmm. and I have every right to protect myself against it. That's the worldview that's being articulated right now, social contract theory, and all of what we know to be true about the Bible and the biblical worldview and, and, and the covenantal arrangement God has given us is that God has determined the course of our relationships and the basis for 
relationship is in his very being and his triune nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He gives us marriage as an expression of that, and then the result of children. So it's very important that we talk about these things because you already did the internal critique on it. Mm -hmm. She talked about at the beginning, you know, um, didn't want to have a baby. All the worldview just collapses um, when she's talking about engaging in the sexual act, separating it from its procreative function, making it recreational, right? But she consented to this relationship. And now on the back end, on the other side of her mouth, she's saying, I didn't consent to this baby being in here. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm forced to create life, I've lost the right to my own life. Mm. Someone's forcing this on me. It's not the contract I signed up for. Right. That's what Christians need to understand yep. about this worldview. It's atheistic to the core. Yep. It's being given new robes and new garbs, and it's just being regurgitated, and it's being absorbed by our youth. And you'll see that if we get to it in the video where the child just starts talking about, well, I don't feel like the baby's really human. It's more like a sea cucumber. Oh. It's not capable of complex thought. Mm-hmm. Well, neither is the person in the coma. That's right. Right? Neither that's is right. the the husband that's sleeping and the wife that stabs him in his sleep. That's right. Right? So... If you flesh it out, if you take it to its logical end, its implication, if you, if you fully flesh it out, it collapses on itself. And that's what we need to be engaged in. As the Apostle Paul says, we don't, we don't, the, the warfare is not uh, physical. We wage war um, in the spiritual realm, casting down lofty arguments and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's right. I should be the one to decide if my body creates a life. Even if you're giving a kid up for adoption, you still like have a kid out there somewhere, you know? Yeah. Are you religious at all? I believe in God. Mm-hmm. What do you think that God thinks about abortion? If I were to say, I think like he's fine with it because there are still babies being born. Mm-hmm. What do you think God thinks about abortion? Well, let's let's take that, and I want to be very gentle with this. He's a child. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's he's a child, so let's be very careful with how we handle him. Um, when he says he's asked a moral question, well, what do you think God thinks about abortion? Well, in his answer, as a child, and we have to give him grace for that and mercy. He says, well, I think he, you know, is probably okay with it because there are still children being born. Well, do the internal critique. Fantastic. I'll take that. There's a moral dilemma. You know, how does God feel about it? Well, there's all these other things happening, so I guess he's fine with it. Well, let's talk about that. Do we feel that way about rape? Well, how does, what, what is rape? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the violation of other person's body, their, their, their being uh, without consent. It's sexual intercourse without permission. It's a violent um, uh, taking over another person's uh, whole being and their body. It's, it's, it's awful. It's an assault. Treating them like less than human. But, exactly. But let's think about what is it fundamentally. It's sexual intercourse, which is also a good, amazing, glorious thing in the right context. So could we also say that about rape when we ask that moral question? How do you feel? How do you, what do you think God thinks about rape? Huh. I think he's okay with it because mm. there are people having sex that aren't raped. Like, do you, can you do that with a category like that? Can you say, well, there are people still having sex, so God must be okay with rape? Yeah. It doesn't work with that moral question, does babies it? Babies are being born, therefore killing them is okay. Right. right? Well, I guess so. babies are still being born, so I guess abortion's fine. And again, this is a child. It's, it's of course, just a child. But it's, it, that's just the argument reduced to absurdity. So what do you think God thinks about abortion? I'm glad she's asking this question because my answer to that would be, well, don't you know? Like God has already spoken. Have you not read? And do you know what Jesus says about the word of God? Here's, here's God in flesh. Here's the incarnate one who, by the way, was conceived in the womb of his mother and was in the womb of Mary uh, for nine months. Um, when, when God became a man, took on flesh, tabernacled among us to save his people from their sins, to bring salvation as promised, as planned and on time, 
um, when he talked about the word of God, he said to the Jews, he said, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? And then he quotes the Old Testament. For, that was, this is, by the way, it's a passage that's been written down for like 1,400 years before Jesus came. And it was yeah. not said directly to the people standing in front of Jesus because they're not 1,400 years old. They came much, much later. They're 1,400 years after Moses. And this is so critical. Please hear this because this, this, this should be a moment, not just about the abortion issue. Jesus says, 1,400 years after Moses, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? None of those people in front of Jesus were alive when Moses was around. But Jesus equated the reading of Scripture with God speaking to them. And watch this. What was it? What was it, Jesus? What was Jesus talking about? Jesus actually talks about the I am statements of God from the Old Testament. I am mm -hmm. the God of Abraham, Isaac, mm -hmm. and Jacob. I am. He actually expects them to understand even the verb, the, the tense, the tense, the present tense of I am from something written 1,400 years later, and he bases it off of a tense and he says, um, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? Now, amazing, Jesus' view of scripture is that you can bring this down, this discussion of God speaking down to like the verbal forms. <laughs> like how did this, like what tense was it put in? That sort of a thing. <laughs> like that's how much Jesus like respected the word of God and saw it as valid and relevant to people. And Jesus says, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? So when you ask the question to me as a Christian, uh, what do you think God thinks about this? I would say, well, let's, uh, let's show you, I'll show you what he, yeah. what he speaks to you right now. I'll show you what he speaks mm. to you. And this is what he says about abortion and God would call it murder. You yep. shall not murder. Abortion. I think it's all part of God's plan. That's, that's smarter than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I really was just thinking about Drake when I said that. Clearly. So I'm just thinking about Drake, really. I think it's all part of God's plan. Um, there's another aspect to this that we need to consider very, very seriously here. And that is that, yeah, God is in control of this world. He declares the end from the beginning. And he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can stay his hand and say, what have you done? He is the first. He is the last. He does according to his will. He yep. does according to his will. Nobody can thwart his purposes. God is sovereign even over the sin in the world. Human beings are responsible for their sin. They're doing what their heart desires. They're doing what they long for. They're doing what they want. God doesn't make anybody do anything sinful. That is against his own character. However, God has determined to allow people to do sinful things for his own purposes and glory. For example, and this is the one we should hang on as Christians because it is a very relevant one. Uh, when the early church in the book of Acts was talking about the murder of Jesus on the tree, they said, gathered in the city against your holy servant Jesus. They start naming all the people with different motivations, different purposes for coming against Jesus. Pontius Pilate, Herod, the peoples of Israel, the Gentiles, to do what? what they do? They murdered Jesus. Mm. what they do? They lied about Jesus. False witness on a trial. what they do? They smashed his face. what they do? They put crown of thorns on his head. what they do? They nailed him to a tree. And then they, like dogs, surrounded the cross and they reviled the Son of God on the tree. And when the church talks about it, they said this, to do whatever your hand predestined to occur. Yeah, God predestined the murder of Jesus and all the wicked and sinful people that were involved, they will get 
what's coming to them because they did what they wanted to do, but they didn't get away with it before God. God had a purpose in it. So yes, I'll say this, according to the biblical worldview, God is completely sovereign, and yes, every single abortion that takes place in this world, God knows about, and every single abortion in this world hasn't taken God by surprise. Every single abortion in this world is under, is, is in the sovereign hand of God, and this is really important, listen closely, we don't live in a righteous world. We live in a world of rebels against yeah. God. All of us are. Each and every one of us deserve the judgment and the wrath of God. And if God, the Holy One, in organizing his world for his purposes and his glory ultimately in the world, if he determines to allow sinners to slaughter their own children, he is doing it, please hear this, as judgment yep. upon them. And you say, well, where'd you get that? I can give you a number of references, but how about Romans chapter one? Because we've been there today already. In Romans chapter one, it says this, therefore God gave them over. Therefore God gave them over. Therefore God gave them over. It says this, even though they know mm -hmm. that those who, deserve, who do these things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give hearty approval to those who practice them. And how'd they get there? Well... God gave these image bearers of God who have his law written within them, who are suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, he gives them over. And so, yes, abortion is under the sovereign control of God. But watch this. That should not be something that comforts the godless. Right. It is something that is meant to be judgment upon the godless, that they would slaughter and kill their own children. Yeah, yeah God is sovereign over abortion. She had the right answer, but she was joking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this according to Drake's worldview. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> Are you guys religious? Yeah, I'm Catholic. Have you ever heard of what like the Catholic Church thinks about abortion? I don't think the church liked it. Yeah. Because like they like see it as like killing the baby. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Well, I think that it's up to you. Same, because... Uh, you can't see the video right now, but go look at it later. She liked that answer. Yeah, sure. Her, sure her face did. is going up and down, big smile, ear to ear. Uh, I think it's up to you. She's, yes, yes, what do you think? Yes, she loved that answer. I feel supported by that. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that you show um, that you do. And we would understand that. You feel very, very supported in that. I believe that like life begins when a person has a baby. Really? <laughs> Which is completely asinine. <laughs> life a... begins when a person has a baby, when they have the baby. Uh, to what degree? Like when the head's out? Yeah, I don't. Or is it when the, if a foot comes out? Like is that life? Or like at what point is, 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 do we determine like when the person has the baby? Like do you mean like when the whole body is out, when you're holding it in your arms, when you started breastfeeding, when you've had it for a week, when they have the baby? And if you say that's a foolish discussion, don't be stupid. Have you not read the debates going on about how long we should have to kill a child even after it comes yeah, out of the womb? After birth abortion. After birth abortion. Uh, also, like, really, so I, I, I have not actually created a life. It's not actually a life, um, even if it's on my due date. 
right? We're nine months in. The baby now is late coming out. It's just, I've, we've experienced a lot at Apologia where oh. women are like hanging out two or three weeks later. Right. Like, it's still not here. He's still not here. They're like, nope. No it's, yeah, it's like, well, okay. So I, if I go past my due date, the actual due date where the baby can come out and it's perfectly fine and it's fully, you know, functioning and fu it's just, it's the right time. I can kill the child in the womb I can, I can kill the child in the womb when it could just as easily survive outside the womb. So it's a life when it comes out. Not according to God, but from your perspective and in your worldview, not even according to science. Right. Your arguments are decades upon decades upon decades old. These are bootleg arguments. They are bad arguments. They will never stand in any kind of uh, in a public debate or in a laboratory. It is a fact of science and biology empirically. You cannot deny it that the moment that sperm gets into the egg, a life forms, a human life, a distinct human life. And guess what? You still have that baby before it's born. It's just not in your arms. It's inside of you. Yeah. Right. It's That's the right. sheer force of will. It's alive when I say it's alive. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. Oh. Clearly, like some people believe that life begins at conception. C clearly, clearly, yeah. Clearly, some people believe life begins at conception. Do, do you mean like all of biological science? Like every medical textbook written in the last, I don't know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like a like a person who's like they they're degreed and they're like a, they're like they're like seriously respected in their scientific field, like specifically biological science, right? Yeah. And they're 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 in a convention of other biological sci scientists and you know, people that are you know all in this field, and you know you have just the physicists and the physicians and everyone's the sci oh, scientists, you know, like, <laughs> little white coats and like you know they're walking around with stethoscopes and like you know beakers and like, oh, it's and, like, just like super smart that's Kyle. beakers, <laughs> Bonson burners, yeah. They're, <laughs> you say Bonson? <laughs> yeah. That's what they're called, No, right? they're not Bonson. Is it? Bunsen. <laughs> Bunsen burners. <laughs> So can you imagine like, like putting putting forth a paper, putting forth a paper in that context with all the white lab coats and going, uh, gentlemen, I want to say that life does not begin. At, there's no life in conception in the womb. That's not life. It's not life. It's yeah. just it's just floating mass and it's not living. It's like, um, I'm sorry, stupid. If we go to Mars. <laughs> If we go to Mars, and by the way, when I say stupid, I mean in the most classical sense of the word. When we talk about things that are total foolishness and against what we know and is contrary to all of science and all of nature and all of the image of God in us, when we go to Mars and we're looking for life, we'll, we'll qualify anything. Yeah. Oh, that's life. Oh, look, I think I found something that might be life. And everyone freaks out and goes, ooh. Oh, like, don't step on it. Don't step yeah. on it. Make sure the rover doesn't drive over it. You yeah. know, just like do anything you can to make it work. Red rover, red rover. <laughs> like, and, and, and we will like, all of us like, you know, make sure you find out what that is and preserve it because it's life. This is undeniably life at conception. You cannot get around it. And I want to say this, keep going pro-choicers and pro-aborts. Keep going because the more you talk, the more you hang yourself, yeah. the more yeah. you speak in, the, in 2018 with decades old, terrible and refuted arguments, you show your cards that you don't have a hand. Mm. Which yeah. it doesn't. But <laughs> do you know what conception, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you when know about a sperm enters an egg. Into the egg. It becomes a fetus. And Latin for baby. And then a fetus. Zygote first, actually. <laughs> right, and what's it, what, make sure we're interpreting her 
baby. She's speaking Latin, baby. How do you say baby in um um uh, in Espanol? Bebe. Is it? <laughs> Hold on. I think so. Hey, everybody who's Bobita, watching. Bobita, I think so. I don't know. No, it's B-E-B-E, -B -E, e, right? Hey, everybody who's watching right now in the... Hey, I, bebe. Is hey, it bebe. Bebe. Hey, if I'm right, everybody the, who's watching, you owe me you, a Yerba. Who knows Espanol? I'm sorry. I don't. What's, um, what's, how do you say baby in, in Espanol? Well, I looked up how to say babies are murdered here when I went out to the mill ones in Spanish. Because I realized we had a lot of Hispanic people going in. Yeah. So I would say los bebes son asesanidos, I think, is... Okay. What I saw. So. Did you just ask for some tacos? I'm so sorry. Um, I think Zach so, asked for some tacos. I don't know. Okay, hold on. Uh, let's do this one. Yeah, they're saying sense. baby. Oh my goodness! It, it's baby in German. Okay, baby in. Uh, I'm just to make a difference. So it, it's it's baby in Dutch too. Okay, um, hold on. <laughs> Give us all the languages. Uh, and um, um, oh, Japanese. There you go. Um, oh great, Akachan. Oh, Akachan. That one is different. Akachan. There you go. So what if? And she says, okay, "What? What? Um, what uh, happens when conception? Like what happens? Like <laughs> <laughs> what happens?" And then uh, and some then people the, believe. And the girl. Yeah. And the girl goes, uh, "Well, the sperm and the egg they meet and they go in and then, and then it creates an Akachan and then." Uh, <laughs> Like, it's literally the same. You understand, right. friends, this is the same thing. Like, you can try this you know, very slippery language, but it doesn't work to a person who understands what the word means. So if you say fetus, you know, the person in Latin is going, why don't, why don't you speak English? Like, I, I'm, we're speaking English here. Let's go ahead and talk about it like it really is. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And more scientifically, zygote, fetus, infant, toddler, adolescent, these are just words that we use to describe human beings at particular stages of their development adult old person right elderly yeah they're there it's a word that, that we use to describe term, elderly not old person grampy yeah. <laughs> old man Peepaw. old lady <laughs> Peepaw. Peepaw. <laughs> all right here we go in a lady's tummy yes or in the womb it's not really a human being yet <laughs> according to personhood theory according to mm -hmm just your own definition or do you want to right. use the definition that god gives and the definition that all biological science demonstrates like when you have the full dna makeup of a human being are you human or are you chimpanzee are you human or are you a parrot are you human or are you a squid like if we're actually going into the laboratory and you take like the this you know human being in the womb at conception and the person starts to do like the laboratory testing to say like, what is this in all, what is it, what is it in creation? What is it in all the world? Like what is it identified as? Person would look under the microscope and say, well, that has the DNA of a human, this is a human being, right? right? It's, not, it's, not a, it's not a parrot, it's not a fish, it's not a dog, it's not a cat, it's not a lion, this is a human being. But Jeff, when they're pushed to that, they'll say, well, yeah, it's a human being, but it's not a person. Right. Yeah, and then therefore you have now revealed that your position is in no way biological scientific it is purely a religious metaphysical position yes so keep your theology off of their biology amen that's how i feel yeah i kind of like to compare it to like a sea cucumber mm. it's not thinking it's just living it's like your arm is not capable of complex thought neither is a baby inside your your womb yeah. Mm. That's a so, scary place to be when children are articulating that. Yes, it is. And it's a category error to compare a part of the human body to 
the person, the human being, right, yeah. that, that, that we're trying to identify. And besides, if you take this child's argument, and that's what he is, he's a child, and you say, we know the arm isn't thinking, right? Like it's just, you know, it's, a, it's an appendage. Okay, so can we walk around, like just walk through the marketplace and the guy bumps into me in a store and I just lift his arm up and I slice his arm <laughs> off? Why? Because well, your arm's not thinking. Cop comes in, you know, get your hands up. What do you think? And I go, hey, it's an appendage, not a thinking thing. Like it's not a, right. it's not a thinking thing. Like, hey, this apple's not thinking. Right? <laughs> Can I chop this up, officer? Like it's an arm. It's not thinking, bro. I mean, psh, like you know, people would go like, bro. are you out of your mind? Officer. Uh, yeah. Also, also, when you start doing categories like it's not thinking, well, you're in a really sticky spot. And you're in a really troublesome place, philosophically speaking and morally speaking, because you know what? There are times when human beings aren't actually thinking rationally. Mm -hmm. um, for example, you have a person who has a seizure. I, could, I, I had a seizure at seven o'clock. I didn't uh, even start to come to until around one o'clock in the morning where I actually you mm -hmm. know, could you know, understand what's going on and, and everything else and sort of coming out of it. Well, would it have been appropriate for like Luke to walk in that night as he was standing by my bedside with him to look at me and go, well, he's not thinking anymore. Right. And just start choking me like, you know, let's put him out of his misery. Like people, he would have gone to jail for it. Why? Right. Well, he's not thinking, officer. Well, he's not in his, he's not able to have rational thought in this moment. He's like passed out. So, you know, it's fine to kill him. Or it, you can go the other direction. Say if someone goes into a coma and, well, they're not thinking. Or they're asleep at night yeah. and the wife stands on top of the husband and puts a knife in his chest. She's going to jail for that. She can't say, well, he wasn't thinking at that moment. And then, of course... The pro-aborts will say, ah, oh, but that human being has the potential for thought later, at least later. And then you go, so does the baby. <laughs> so does the baby. Yep. Yeah. So it's a bad argument. And that's, that's what's crazy about all this argumentation, man, is like the world looks at that now and they call that kind of thing merciful. Mm. You talk about something like with the elderly, like, oh, they're taking up room. They're taking up room. They, they're not capable of thinking, speaking, eating. So we should just pull mm. the plug. Right. That, that's merciful yeah. now. And mm -hmm. that's what, those are the categories of mercy that we're applying to ending, yeah. ending people's lives. Yes. We're probably not going to finish all this. Yeah, we're today. an hour and a half, an hour and a half into the show. So we'll probably just do a, just a few more minutes here, and then we're going to wrap up the show for today, guys. Thank you for watching. And uh, I think this actually gets more interesting after this. I like your take. At any point, were you like considering not doing it? No, actually, for me, it was like an instant feeling. Like, I was like, I'm pregnant, okay, I'm having an abortion. Was your family mad or okay? Or? They were okay, yeah. They were, like, really supportive, which I think was another reason I wasn't scared is because I knew that I had so much support. Have you told a lot of people or just your close family? I told my Lyft driver on my way here. <laughs> <laughs> I've told so many people about my abortion, so I decided to tell everyone on Facebook that I had had an abortion and that I was choosing to tell people that because I felt like the pro-choice movement was really silent. The status update went viral, yeah. which like wasn't just people being like, hey, I had an abortion too, yay, let's talk about it. There were like a lot of super angry people who were like harassing and abusing and threatening me. And can I ask a question? Why? Why is that a problem? Mm -hmm. uh, now, I, I, by the way, I, I would want to, to point you to Jesus and, and the grace and forgiveness and mercy that's available to all who turn to him and trust in him. I would want to say the, the glorious news of, of the Savior. 
Um, but I, I have a question. That's because I have a Christian worldview, and I believe Jesus, and I'm standing in the Word of God. But why are you talking about things like abuse and you know people saying nasty things to you? Why are you talking about it like it's a problem? Yeah, why shame a bad thing? Mm. Yeah, is that is that wrong in your worldview? Should human beings respect other human beings and respect their value and their dignity? Should we have honor for other human beings to where we don't slander them and say nasty things? Should we not be abusive to other human beings? Is that what you're saying to me, is that human beings shouldn't be abusive to other human beings? Because if that's what you're saying to me, <laughs> I have a real problem with what you're promoting. Can you imagine if like John Wayne Gacy or someone like that all of a sudden pops up on Facebook and they're like, shout your murder! And they're yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, that wouldn't go over so well. That's no. what's happening now. Yeah. yeah, we've been deluded. I like to post controversial things. I think everyone should, within reason, have self-autonomy, mm -hmm. you know? I'll post on Facebook there sometimes, is, yeah. like, yeah. just a your friendly reminder that abortion isn't murder. <laughs> like, have you... Mm. There, there it is. Your friendly reminder. But they know the language in their response and in what's being put out in the media is being seen. They're using the word murder. Mm -hmm. That's right. They're using it. I am grateful to God for all of you who have been partnering with us for many, many years in this ministry, trying to change the nature of the conversation and get the word murder back into this conversation. I am so grateful to God that the Shout Your Abortion woman has to wade through this discussion in terms of murder. That is honestly something that Christians have tried to do for a long time, but the pro-life movement has made it very, very difficult for us to do it. They call women's, women victims. They tell you not to use words like murder, and I am so glad that the pro-choicers recognize that they have to actually face down that word now, murder. Mm -hmm. Now listen, uh, I want to say this. We don't want to use that word as an abusive thing, but as a thing that would ultimately bring a person to repentance, right? Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you bring someone to, to faith in Christ? By lying to them about their sin? or by telling them the truth about the holiness of God and their sin and their need to repent and believe in Jesus. You have to tell the truth about their sin. Like, when I talk to a person who's, who's, who's in homosexuality, they've been turned over to that, and they're in that lifestyle, I don't try to minimize the damage necessary uh, in telling the truth about that sin. I want to tell the truth about it. This is how God speaks about that right. sin. But here's the thing for the person who's struggling, who's actually engaging in that sin, full lifestyle, is I'm going to say that it's not just your homosexuality that's yeah, a sin. It is that. Yes, that is uh, uh, for us depraved. So is adultery. Um, and uh, so is, you know, any kind of sex outside of marriage. Yes. And homosexuality is a wicked, evil sin. But you need to turn from your sin not just of homosexuality, but a life of rebellion against God. But yes, you need to turn away from homosexuality. No, you're not allowed to hang on to that. No, a person cannot be living a life as a homosexual and engage in that behavior and actually be a Christian. I have to tell them the truth. As much as I, as much as I love them and I try to be gracious to them, I cannot lie to them about what they're guilty of before God mm. because I need them to know the Savior. And I need to know them about how, how important it is that they understand that the death of Jesus... Yeah is a powerful, glorious, and awful thing, and that's what our sin deserves, mm. is what happened to Jesus. That's right. He, he died. He, he nailed that sin on the cross, not that we would shout it, but that we would know Amen. that it was put to death with him yes. on the cross. I think we're good there. Yeah. Yes? Gentlemen? I think the rest of it's kind of silly anyways. So. Yeah, I think it, it, it does go off a little bit. Hey, guys, I hope that was a blessing to you all. Thank you guys so very much. You can partner with us as a ministry, of course, by going to All Access at ApologiaStudios.com and signing up to be a part of our ministry and you get all the additional content and much more is coming this year. 
Um, you can also go to endabortionnow.com and partner with our ministry. We're about $70,000 away from our goal for 2019. Thank you for all of you guys who gave towards this ministry. We are so grateful to God. We received in about a week or so, week and a half, um, about $330,000 towards our goal yeah. of 400000 which is Amazing, a fraction man. of the budget of the pro-life movement. And last night, by the way, I need, I need you to hear this. Don't go away yet. I need you to hear this. Um, just received, a, we receive messages all the time, but I received a message last night from a Christian who's in... Texas. Texas, who he said they started End Abortion Now about a year ago, which is him and an older, an older lady, and now they have a bigger team forming now through their church, and they were able to save 20... Two, 20, yeah, 21. Yeah, 20 to 22. Whew, yeah, 20 to 22 uh, babies. And they uh, shut down that place, too. And they yeah. shut down the abortion mill. Yeah. Praise God. So I want to say to you guys, if you guys gave towards an abortion now, you're part of yeah. this with us, guys. That, that story can be multiplied over and over and over. When we tell you thousands have been saved, we mean it. Yeah. Thousands. We can't count them. At, at this point, there's no way to count them. We can't calculate it. Um, also, I want to encourage you guys to continue to pray for our ministry. Big things happen in 2019, and I mean big, big, big things. Be a part of what we're doing, guys. Share the content. Let people know about what's up. Participate with us by becoming All Access. Pray for our ministry and participate with End Abortion Now. We can face down this world for the glory of Jesus with his gospel. Amen. Jesus is winning the world. Amen. This world cannot defeat Look the king. Look at China. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But it's not going to come without suffering. It's not going to come without hardship. It always has. Through much tribulation, we must enter the kingdom. That's right. That's right. So let's join together and let's lay our lives down for the lost. Let's love our neighbors. We love ourselves. And uh, Pastor Luke. Peace out. The bear. Zach Happy attack. New Year. See ya. Sassafras in the back on the ones and twos. <laughs> What's Isaac's nickname? I don't know. We have, I always used to call him Son of John. But because know. his old voicemail was like, uh, was hi, you've reached, you've reached Isaac Barjonas. Which ah, means son Jonas, of John. Son of John. Because that's his dad's That's dad. awesome. We'll think of something else. Yeah. I'm Jeff. They call me the ninja, y'all. Catch you guys next week right here on Apologia Studios channel. Right at Apologia Radio. Go to ApologiaStudios.com.